Hey book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation or maybe spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. This is Season 3, Episode 4. Today we're going to be talking about The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden. But before we get to the book, let's do the fun part. Or the other fun part. Which fun part? Everything is fun. Everything is fun. Well. How was your Christmas? Oh, shoot. It's not Christmas when this gets recorded. That's okay, though. (laughs) It's just been Christmas for us. We are working ahead, folks, because we are just that good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was pretty chill. Yeah. Yeah, we just, um, we didn't do a whole lot, honestly. We didn't either. We made a big crock pot of pozole, mm. which was uh, really tasty. Mm-hmm. And we hung out with his family a little bit. I read a lot. I've read like six books since the beginning of December. <laughs> I think I have too. Maybe like, actually maybe it's more like seven or eight. Yeah, I definitely... Well, I've read all of the ones right, that were yeah. recording, and, this and is then some four, other, right? And five, six. Yeah, I've probably read eight, eight to ten books, maybe. Yeah, that's what December is all about. It's cold. It's dark. It is. You just want to drink tea and read books. And it's it. still going to be cold and dark when we talk about these. It's going to be February. February. So this is actually a good month for these, I think, books that we've been talking about. Especially yours. I know. Yours is perfect for. It's like I planned it. This could almost be a dark of winter read as well. Well, it was recommended as a dark of winter read, so I almost went with it. And then I was like, ooh, but it says it's a fairy tale, so that's even better. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, it was on the short list. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, no, it was fine. Um, Just been kind of sleeping a lot Mm -hmm. and reading a lot Mm -hmm. and working at the bookstore a lot. we're hoping that it will snow for New Year's Eve because then on the 2nd, um, we want to go snowshoeing. Mm. So that's what I'm looking forward to, hopefully. I have three days off in a row, which is going to be magical. Yeah. I don't think I've had three days off since my winter break started. Uh. Of course, I have to spend most of that prepping. So anyways, bygones, we know the story of my life. Too many things to do, not enough time. I'm crazy because I commit to five million and ten things. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> So what are we drinking today, Carrie? <laughs> so Ooh. we are drinking a very delicious Victorian London Fog by Harney and Sons. And my secret Santa or tea exchange partner that Plum Deluxe puts on um, every three months, I think. Her name is Jenny. Hey, Jenny. She sent me this. And Chris drank it all within like two weeks. So I just bought a one pound <laughs> bag of it. And I brought it over and I made a comment to Corey when I poured it that um, it's really dark and you're probably going to want some milk. And because Corey is a, what is it called, a purist? Yeah, I don't normally put milk or sweetener into my tea. (laughs) But her reaction today after taking a little sip of this tea was... There's something like, whoa, whoa, mama. (laughs) I'm pretty sure like my whole mouth puckered inward. (laughs) It was so strong. I was like... (laughs) Okay, so I cannot know. She has milk in it, like which I do. Yeah, which mellowed it out, and actually now you can taste all the layers of flavors. And it led me to, um, uh, you know, this is kind of, it's, we didn't even tell them what it is. 
<laughs> Victorian London Fog. Did it's you say a, that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I it's didn't. It's an Earl Grey. Yeah, by Harney and Sons. Yeah. Um, and I vanilla and lavender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I can definitely taste the vanilla now, which led me to say that I've been slowly making my way through all the variations of the London Fog lattes at all the local tea shops. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Leah Leaf, <laughs> Flagstaff Tea Company and Steep, and they are so good. Yeah. Especially like when they mix some like vanilla into the mm. into the steamed milk, yeah. And that first sip, it almost has, but not in an overly sweet way. But it has almost like a cotton candy, Ooh. like you just like that first sip, and you're like, oh yeah. And then you get that little bitterness of the tea at the end. Yeah. And, um, that was what when I took the picture that was the winter for the winters mm-hmm. that that with the little roses in it. Yeah. That's her version at Leah Leaf. Uh... Yeah. And Heather's is pretty darn good as well. Heather just is a magician. She is a magician. Hi, Heather. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) We're your biggest fans. You know that. And then to pair with this is something much sweeter. And I made uh, apple charlotka. Charlotka. I don't know if we're saying it right. How's it spelled? S-H-A-R-L-O-T-K-A. Maybe Charlotka? Oh, maybe that's right. That sounds... Because it's, it's Russian? Yep. Okay. How'd you find it? I Google Russian cakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did Russian breads. Uh-huh. And then that poppy seed bread came up, but it was like, warning, you must like really love this weird taste. And I was like, I'm not going to like it because I'm too much of a picky eater. Okay. Um, and then there were some other really crazy looking things that I was like no so then I googled Russian cake and Smitten Kitchen Mm, her mm -hmm. in-laws are from Russia oh cool and so she the recipe that I used Uh is on her blog and it's passed down from his mom and his mom's mom like you know the traditional passing down of things and so what's interesting about this cake is that it's doesn't have anything that cakes usually have. So it doesn't have butter. It doesn't mm-hmm. have baking soda. It doesn't have baking powder. It doesn't have any spice except for the little dash of cinnamon I put on the top once mm-hmm. the cake was baked. And you said no salt too, no right? No salt. So yeah. it's just three eggs, one cup sugar, one cup flour. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And 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 yeah, I mean it was it's good. Like it's uh the center of it's almost like a cobbler. I would say, because it's almost like bready, mm-hmm. kind of cake, somewhere between cake and bread. That's why mm-hmm. I say cobbler, I think. But then the outer edges, it really gets that meringue So it's kind of crunchy and crispy. And, yeah. and then you get these nice chunks of sweet apple and a little yeah. hint of cinnamon. I think the only thing I would do differently is that the recipe said to put the apples in the spring foam foam pan and then pour the batter on. Uh-huh. I think I would do the batter first and then squish the apples in there. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Just because it... Like I smushed it as much as I could and like jiggled it. And it, I mean, it eventually got all the way through, but it was a touch and go for a while. It's like, oh shit, this could be a complete disaster. You're like, no. I like to try new recipes when I'm about to impress somebody. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're coming over to my house. Let me try this new recipe I've never done before and hope that it works. I'm I'm often the same way. Although when I was making um, Laura's wedding cake, I did practice that a couple times yeah. to make sure I got it right for the altitude. Because yeah. I was like, it's someone's wedding cake. Yeah, totally. I don't want this to be a disaster the day of, because that would be horrific. Yeah. yeah. I made a pear and cranberry crisp for our wedding day. Ooh. Yeah. It's delicious. It's hard to screw up a crisp, though. Yeah. I mean, Unless you add 
Salt instead of sugar. Right. Okay. Okay. But I mean, logist like yeah, from a cooking no standpoint, there's no fancy anything. It's like make sure you got enough liquid in there to make it yummy. Yes. Yeah. Mmm, crisps. Mm -hmm. Yum. Yep. So, uh, I just had a burst of inspiration for our next month's reads on the kitchen books. Crisp. Sort of. I'm not gonna say anything. TBD. TBD. You've gotta. You gotta listen to. Or is that to be determined? Oh yeah. What is it that we want to say? Um, I don't know. To TBT to be told. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making shit up at this point. <laughs> it's Christmas break. <laughs> so moving on to fairy tales. Um. So I was was I was reflecting. I, I reflected before we started talking today. <laughs> And, um, and I think I said this last time, but, you know, fairy tales have actually been something that I've been obsessed with pretty much my whole life. I certainly, I mean, if you look on my bookshelves over there, oh. I still have some of my childhood fairy tale books. I have like the classic Brothers Grimm. I have, um, Hans Christian Andersen. I went through all the color fairy books. I went through, um, I have East of the Sun, West of the Moon, which fun fact when I was looking at it, cause it kept referencing in here, East mm -hmm. of the Sun, West of the Moon. I was like, are those Russian fairy tales? Um, no, they're Norwegian, which oh. would have been funny if I had like dug into my stash. Cause yeah. then we'd have had Norwegian myths and Norwegian fairy tales, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, um, because I, lost my turn of thought. There we go. Boom back. Okay. I also think, you know, I've kind of explored a lot of the primarily YA, but also some adult retellings of fairy tales. Mm. Like for example, the one that came to mind was, have you read the Lunar Chronicles no. with Cinder and Scarlet? And it's like set in the future and Cinder is a android or what's an android? Is that like part human? Like cyborg. Yeah. Oh, maybe. It sounds familiar. And then they're like all like, there's one girl with really long hair who's supposed to be a Rapunzel, a version of Rapunzel. The Scarlet is Red Red Iron Hood. Oh no. Okay. They're super fun. I think you'd actually like them. Um, they're good audiobooks. Is it the one with the red shoe? Yes. Yeah. I didn't like it. Oh, you did try it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, fine. Whatever. You don't know me at all. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, so anyways, with all that said, I wanted to, I, I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, I wanted to kind of stretch beyond what I knew or what was familiar to me. And I also had the bear and the nightingale on my shelf. And one of my goals this year was to read books off my shelf because <laughs> it's a little out of control. <laughs> It'll be good. You'll get through a lot of them. Right. Yeah. And, um, and because it's kind of Russian based, I really didn't know anything about Russian fairy tales and all of that. So that's how I, and I wanted something that was adult. So I didn't want YA. I didn't want children's fairy tales. Yes. Yeah, as usual, we have our special guests, Coco and Pixie. Hello girls. Um, and so, yeah, so that's how I ended up with the bear and the nightingale is all those reasons combined. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's why I picked the book. And then last time we talked a little bit about the differences, or we talked about where do myths come from, and mm -hmm. we talked about, what do we call them, traditional stories. Yeah. So what would you think, just based, I know you're not, you haven't done as much reading, but based on what you have been learning, um, quiz time. Mm. How would pressure. I know, right? How would, what do you think the difference between a myth and a fairy tale is? Jesus. Curious thinking really hard here, people. 
Oh, it's too early for Saturday. Um, <laughs> do you give up? <laughs> do, I mean, you, do you need to phone a friend? <laughs> yes. Pixie, what's the difference between myths and fairy tales? God damn it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like fairy tales are usually, there's some sort of... Mm, like dedication to the fairies like that they are these mythical creatures okay. that go around and do stuff like they'll steal your keys or they'll put um you know if you leave them something they'll give you something in return so i think fairy <laughs> tales are like that like they are about the little creatures that can either make your life super duper or they can wreak havoc on your life by moving stuff well, <laughs> myths i think are just a broader it's not about one particular quote-unquote being or subject it's mm -hmm. anything that could be considered not true based on somebody's beliefs you're on I the right track oh like i just pulled that out of my ass that was some good bs <laughs> <laughs> i like that you can tell. I feel like if you talk confidently enough, anybody will believe anything right, you say. Right, right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'm going to fill in a couple <laughs> blanks. But you were on the right track. No, seriously, you were. So, um, so, I, so we didn't talk about these, but legends. So legends are typically based on real historical mm. figures, but they're like exaggerated. So like an example would be like Paul Bunyan. Like, I don't know who that is. You don't know who Paul Bunyan is? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyways, um, so it, it could be a real event, but it's based, but they make it bigger and whatnot. And then myths, um, and you kind of were, you didn't articulate it quite this specifically, but you were kind of getting to this. Myths usually involve gods, demigods, or other supernatural creatures, and they are used to um, explain natural occurrences, and they're based in a belief or religion system. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of what those two are like. So where fairy tales differ, they were often meant for children, but what's interesting about them is, and you get touches of this if you really look at some of the older versions of the fairy tales, is that original fairy tales were very gory and yeah. icky. So for example, Cinderella, um, the, one of the original versions of C Cinderella talks about how the stepsister cut off her toe um, so that she could fit into the glass slipper. And, and so, and then the prince saw like this shoe filling up with blood. <laughs> mm, sexy. And then the other stepsister cut off the back of her heel. Jesus. Right? I know. So it's like Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So as they've moved through to modern times, they've kind of, uh, water watered them down a little bit, but you don't want to give children nightmares. Right. But when you think about the voice meant for children, I mean, that's pretty intense. Um, I guess children back then could handle it better. I guess so. Um, they're usually a very clear good versus evil type of story. So if you think about any of the classic fairy tales, yeah. there's usually a really good character and a really bad character. Um, and then, what makes them fairy tales? So even though they're called fairy tales, they often do not involve fairies, interestingly enough, <laughs> but they involve magical creatures. So, oh, yeah. okay. or magic, like there's a magical influence. Right. Um, so that's kind of where fairy tales come from for the most part. But in all the versions, there is a fairy. Not necessarily. So in Sleeping Beauty, in Cinderella. Well, but those... In Aladdin. There's no fairy in Aladdin. There's a genie. I mean, but it's the same concept. Like, he's a little dude. 
okay. that does things to make your life hell or make it happy. Right, 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 right. But but there's ha- plenty. Little Red Riding Hood does not have a fairy. That is an evil. Oh, uh, that's true. Um, trying to think of some other examples. Um, I mean, there's just a ton. Hansel and Gretel doesn't have a fairy. It just has a witch. So it has a supernatural right. thing. They all have yep. some sort of magical. Yep. The Little Mermaid element. doesn't have a fairy. It has a mermaid. <laughs> you know. Fucking Ursula. Uh, Beauty and the Beast doesn't have a fairy. It just has a beast. Although no one a witch turned him into a beast. Yeah. Well, and he has teapots and things. Well, that's just for Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> be a guest. Be, be a guest. guest. What a service to the test. <laughs> Anyway, I've seen that four times today already this morning. I have no idea why. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, so that's really kind of where fairy tales are different. And I found this really interesting thing. I was talking about how fairy tales are supposed to kind of spark your imagination Mm. and get your brain thinking. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. So, so there you go. So there are the differences between fairy tales, myths, and legends, in case you want to pull that out at a, as a party trivia. trick, a trivia at a party. Let me tell you <laughs> the difference between different types of traditional yeah, stories. Books and Tea Podcast, Season 3, Episode 4. We got you covered. Yep. Well, that's what we're here for, to educate you, in addition to entertaining you. <laughs> tell us what you like better. Uh, we might listen. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. We're entertaining ourselves, yeah. so that's really the important part. Cheers. So the bear and the nightingale. The bear and the nightingale. So, so before we started the podcast, Carrie looks at me. She goes, "I love this book so much," and I thought, "Well, shit." you hated it so much? I didn't hate it. I mean, I see that you you didn't rank it on Goodreads, so that means you're waiting until we have this discussion to tell me <laughs> how much you disliked it in order for it to... I, so, I didn't dislike it. I'd like to read the other two. Um, but, I don't know. So, I thought it was creative. Um, I don't know. So, I, I was really looking forward to this, and it took me probably two weeks to read. I mean, it's really boring. I mean, it's not boring. Yes, it was. <laughs> it's really boring until frost happens. And then shit starts to get crazy. Right. And, and you're that's, like, holy hell. And that was like the last quarter of the book. I know. Yeah. He comes in very late. Yeah. But man, I fell in love with him. Um. <laughs> like his magical tent. House. Cottage. Whatever. It's magical. Okay. Well, so yeah. So, uh, what yeah, are you, I th- what are you writing? I'm just making a couple notes okay. to myself. <laughs> I yeah, I thought the first half of it moved really slowly. And for a short book, it just moved kind of slowly. Like I I guess what I found, I was trying to reflect on it this morning so I could articulate it. And you've been reflecting a lot today. I know. It's Saturday. <laughs> it's my reflection day. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a reflection journal. Oh, I got one right here already. Um <laughs> You are sassy today. <laughs> I'm reflective. You're sassy. I had five cups of tea. Oh, that explains a lot yeah. of that. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of backstory that, and maybe it's because it's meant to be a trilogy, that there was just a lot going on leading into, like, the main battle yeah. that I was just kind of like, can we just get on with this? The angst of the priest. The going to Moscow to like negotiate with the prince on a new wife and right. all, all of that crap. I was but just, you got to meet the fairies. 
The who? The fairies. The fairies? The little fairies in their house, remember? Their little no. creature. Cory. Oh, like the, oh, you mean, but yeah, but I, I, I don't know. It just, it just dragged for a while. I, I felt like, what is the point of all this? Like, I, I feel like this could have almost been like a novella or a short story with some, crazy. with some editing down. No. Yes. No, there's too much that happens. But see, I felt like there was a lot that happened, but it wasn't really relevant. Well, it's, so what is the, what is the uh, equation of books and movies? You have a good person, you have a bad person. Right. You have the bad person try to take down the good person. Right. And then usually the good guy always wins. Right. So that's what happened. We have but even the battle Masia, was anticlimactic. But there's multiple battles, right? Because there's the battle with the mom, the stepmom. Yeah. Who, like, tries to take her down, basically, of, like, right. you're a crazy hoo-ha, and I don't like you, so we're going to convince the priest, we're going to convince the whole town that mm -hmm. you are evil, but see, she was even kind of whiny and annoying. Well, like, yeah, but I mean... I just, for, after a while, I was like, just shut up already. And then there when was do the you creature die? in the water. Yeah. Like, there were so many cool, mystical, magical elements. Like, so even though it was quote-unquote boring, <laughs> at least every, like, ten pages, you got to, like, read about another mythical, magical creature. Yeah. And then Frost came, comes in and just, like, destroys everything. Brah! Brah! Well, actually, it wasn't Frost. And loves her. No, Frost doesn't destroy everything. It's the bear that's destroying everything. Oh, right, yeah. Frost Sorry. is death, so he's not actually good either. But he's not bad, like the bear. I mean, they're both bad. I think they're just different shades of bad. Well, the thing with death is that it comes no matter what. Right. So it's not bad. It's just part of the natural cycle of life, while the mm -hmm. bear mm -hmm. is a douche. Right. I forgot about the bear, even though it says the bear and the nightingale in the book. <laughs> well, and then I got really confused because, so that was actually one of the things I wrote down, is so, is the, so I know that her horse, Soliove, Soliove or something like that, um, he's the nightingale, mm -hmm. but is he an actual bird? Like, does he switch between being a bird and a horse? I got really confused by that. I think he does, yeah. Okay. So. Because he, she couldn't see the horse when it was in bird form and vice versa. Okay. That's weird. It's fairy tales. <laughs> it's nothing but fairy tales. Everything about fairy tales is weird. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and so the introduction of the nightingale came so late in the story. I'm like, when are we going to see this darn nightingale? I know. My other question was, is that gem that she, that the, so was that Frost that gave the gem to the father? Because he seemed like when he saw it, he kind of freaked out. Like, he was like, oh, you have the, this gem. This is really important and talisman. Like, he acted like he did not. Remember, a mysterious person gave it to her father when he was in Moscow. Yeah. And then finally, Dunya gave it to her. But when Frost saw it, it was, he was almost like he had was surprised that she had it. Yeah, I don't think Frost gave it. So we don't know who that person was. I think was. it'll probably come up in the second book. Okay. Okay. It's what I'm thinking, <laughs> at least. Because I don't... I don't think Frost gave them mm -hmm. anything. Right. Well, he tried to give her all that dowry. Right. Well, and that was where I had a little bit of deja vu. That's actually why I pulled out my East of the Sun, West of the Moon, mm -hmm. in which I did. I just got lazy. But um, I, I sh when the when the stepmother sent her out to collect snowdrops, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I've read this fairy tale before. <laughs> like, oh. so I think she 
borrowed that piece from another fairy tale. And so it might is be... this even a Russian fairy tale? No, no. It, I mean, I think it is, but I think, um, you know, I mean, again, fairy tales have similar stories right. across, but I, I feel like I've read some version of that where the evil stepmom sends the beautiful girl out into the woods to collect snowdrops. But yeah. I can't tell you which fairy tale that is off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, so I, I've been trying to figure out why I didn't like it more because it should be right in my wheelhouse, really. Yeah, I find it shocking. I and I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm reading like a, a horror book that's like really captivating me right now, and so I want to read that instead. Um, oh yeah, you did say that last week. Oh yeah, I'm still reading that. It's yeah. really long. It's like 900 pages. <laughs> so, what book is it? Uh, um, no, I can't say it. No Sephiratu. Mm. Um, but. I don't know. I mean, I maybe I needed something lighter. Like I was having more fun with the kitchen books than this. I, I mean, I've been diligently reading away at it, but I think there's too much happening. Maybe I think that's what you don't like about books is that when there's like more than like two or three storylines, you get over it. Could be. Yeah. Maybe there's just, which is weird. Cause I'm the same way, but I really liked this book. Huh? And, and I kept going, well, I know she's setting it. And that's why I said, I know she's setting it up for, and it just covered a lot of time. Like I was looking at her notes and she was saying, you know, like this covered like 16 years right? and book two, she says covers like three months. So I'm curious oh. to read that one. I put a hold on it. You can borrow it after. Okay. <laughs> and then I have the arc of the third one. Oh. So you can borrow that one. <laughs> no, I'm just going to rub your nose in it. Nah, 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 nah. Um, I don't know. I wanted to like it so much more than I did. I didn't hate it. I mean, I would recommend, so I would, so here's the thing. I would recommend the book. I would say, yes, this is a really well done, um, fantastical fairy tale kind of story. Good for this time of year type of deal, but it just didn't quite grab me. Like I didn't want to sit and finish it. Like the last third of it, I did probably read that in a day. But the first two-thirds of right. it took me probably you a week. You liked it when Frost came in. When it started moving. And, 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 and I think for me, so here's the thing, is it is the first one-third, two-thirds of it were really neither character nor plot-driven. Like, they kind of were, but not in a way that was compelling. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then it, then it became plot-driven. It was very action-driven. And so I think, yes, through the first two-thirds, I was committed. I understood the characters. I was ready for resolution. Right. So then it was like boom, 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 boom. But it just was really slow for me getting started. Well, I think... So there's this theme. So it's a fairy tale. But what's interesting is that this book mostly half like there's loss mm -hmm. throughout the entire book. Oh yeah. People lose something or their lives. It's very depressing. It's, yeah, yeah. It's not a it's, very positive. Yes. This is not an book. uplifting. Read, no. no. So, and there's really not a lot of redemption. I mean, because it's a trilogy, it's even left very unresolved. I mean, you know, she takes, she takes off. She's like, well, I'm going to leave you brother because you have to be the man of the house now. And you can't do that with a sister that everyone thinks is a witch. Peace out. Yeah. I mean, and it's kind of like you have hope for her. Cause she's like, I'm going to go off and be an adventurer, <laughs> you know, but, um, but then doesn't, but at least not with this book. <laughs> it just kind of ends. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually is the one question that I had. So I was thinking, reflecting. <laughs> uh, so 
you know, this I would say is set in what medieval times. Can we say medieval? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then one of my top books I talked about last time or for our top 20 top books of 2018 mm -hmm. was blood, water, paint. I was telling you about that one. Yeah. The novel in verse. And so here's what I started thinking about. Cause she talks a little bit about this in her notes as well. Um, so one of the themes that came out of this is you have this kind of misfit, strong personality young woman in a time when women were not particularly valued. Mm -hmm. They were pretty much, and you know, at, the, the common theme through here is it was like, you either get to be a wife or a nun. Right. <laughs> you either marry a man or God mm -hmm. and your, your role is to be there to serve them and do their bidding. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's the strong willed, imaginative, creative, you know, woman. And there's this theme throughout, like where even her father is like, not necessarily wanting to squash her spirit or, right. like, you know, even the priest at a certain point is like, Oh, I, but she's so unique and right. special, but this is not how women are. Right. Um, and that was how kind of blood water paint was, as you had this really talented, strong-willed woman who was essentially just the property of her father. Mm -hmm. And I like that. But what I started thinking about was how realistic would that have been? And and what I mean is that we have these modern women who are writing a book that is imposing a certain point of view that is their own point of view, that there should be strong women bucking at all times, which of course, you know, you and I are both like, yes, feminists all the way, right. strong women. But then I wonder... Am I making sense what I'm trying to ask here? Yes. And I, what I think... Are you pushing this modern point of view into a medieval life? Totally. And we do it with every book. Like, even a history book. Mm -hmm. We take the person writing it, well, sure, do the research, but essentially make their own story up about King Henry VIII. Sure. Like, uh -huh. sure, we know that he killed most of his wives, <laughs> but mm -hmm. we don't really know... Why? Why? Yeah. We don't really know how he was feeling, but a lot of people will depict what he was feeling. Speculate. Yeah, I mm -hmm. mean, that, that's... We... Essentially, I think writers put their own perspective or desires into the characters of the books that they write, whether it's mm -hmm. historical, mm -hmm. fiction, fairy tales. Like, mm -hmm. everybody has an idea of who they want their characters to be because that's the beautiful thing about creativity, at least, is... Like Diana Gabaldon, sure. she has a picture of who her characters are, mm -hmm. and that has to be influenced by who she wants her characters to be. What she projects onto them. Yeah, like yeah. she makes them the way mm -hmm. they are because they're fiction otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so I think mm -hmm. in the current state of affairs, I think this book came out three years ago, two years ago. It's a relatively it's fairly new book. Yeah. It, there's a lot of women's rights. Mm -hmm. happening right now of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. women are standing up more they're being more vocal so i think when a woman decides to depict a woman character even if it is in medieval times it will most likely have a part of her and mm -hmm. her drive in right. it yeah but that brings me the, to the question of mm. why do you think anna hated her so much Hmm. 
is it because she's strong-willed and Anna did not mm-hmm. come out that way? Like, mm-hmm. there's this interesting... Anna is, like, the complete opposite of Vasya. Vasya? Vasya. Vasya. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Vasya is this beautiful person, and she, people love well, they her. they don't think she's beautiful. They get, that was the other thing. Yeah. She's not beautiful, but then I looked at her closer, and, right. oh, she's so striking and amazing. Yeah. 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 Anyways. It's like rose-colored goggles. Yeah. Um, but she's strong-willed. She's independent. She has this sense for nature. Everybody loves mm-hmm. her until Anna comes in and mm-hmm. basically destroys her reputation and mm-hmm. cuts her down. Mm-hmm. And I think Anna comes from that traditional, air quotes, mm-hmm. Well, she's great. Well, she's... Life. Yeah. Of you obey your husband. You're submissive. You, you, you only believe in God. You mm-hmm. don't allow people to mm-hmm. step outside the bounds of God. Mm-hmm. And Vasya is the complete opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And I think whether it was jealousy from Anna not being able to depict mm-hmm. that, or if it was fear that Vasya was more loved by her father than Anna probably could ever be. Yeah, I don't know if it was jealousy because... You know, I mean, I think, I think she feared her because, you know, she, she recognized that Vasya was seeing the same little creatures that she was, but she doesn't see them as demons. Mm. Um, and so I think there was, you know, I don't think she liked that. And, and I think seeing those creatures kind of drove her crazy from the beginning. Right. I mean, yeah. they, they, and so and I think there was jealousy. I think she felt, you know, she was unhappy about the situation that she was in. And so I think she, I don't, I don't think she wanted to be like Vasya. I don't, you know, she was raised in a way that I think she was okay with being submissive mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of being devout and pious and all that stuff and quiet and maidenly and blah, blah, blah. And I, so I think she was turned off by Vasya's spirit. Mm. Um, she found it off-putting. And I think she didn't like that her husband somewhat encouraged and supported that behavior in her. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, well, maybe it was, maybe it was jealousy, but I don't think so. It, it, it never really came across. I think it came across more as fear and resentment. Which could be a form of jealousy, right? You usually resent people that you're jealous of. True. But I don't think she wanted to be comfortable seeing the creatures. I don't think she wanted to be out running around like a crazy kid climbing trees. I think she just... She, she didn't wanted not... to be the typical wife uh-huh. woman of the time. So maybe she was threatened by... Like, she, she couldn't understand why Vasya embraced her life and her, what she could see. And she felt threatened by that and resentful of it. That it wasn't driving her crazy. So jealousy. Maybe so. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, Because we don't it's... really know why. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. explain in the book why Anna doesn't like mm-hmm. Vasya. We kind of get an understanding of, mm-hmm. like, Anna is this very conservative, God-believing, Christian, or whatever the heck, woman. Uh-huh. And... I think she's also very much about appearances. And so, again, Vasya was not a proper young lady. Right. And so, I think she... She hunted and yeah rocks and... And so I think she, you know, cause, cause, you know, she would always be, oh, look at my beautiful, perfect little daughter, Irina. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's always that compare and contrast. Yeah. So I think she just didn't connect at all with who Vasya was and yeah. just thought she was a problem in their family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Asshole. 
<laughs> and of course it makes for the classic good versus evil, yes. you know, evil stepmother, stepmother versus yeah. the mm-hmm. free will, free spirited, you know, beautiful young lady Yeah, who's maybe beautiful or maybe not depending yeah. on how you look at her. TBD. <laughs> um, but I did think, you know, I, I mean, I did like how she would talk to the little fairies and ask, who are you? And, um, and I thought, and I did, you know, think that was interesting. You know, basically you're going from kind of a pagan idol, idolatry mm-hmm. type of worship to the imposition of Western Christianity mm-hmm. and how it's starting to clash. And I think that's really interesting. And I, that probably did happen. Um, so I think it's an interesting way to explore how do you, when you have two belief sets, sets of beliefs, how do you, how do you reconcile those, Yeah, you know, and why does one win out over the other? Right. Yeah. Hmm. It was definitely thought provoking. So what would you rate it on good, what are you going to rate it on good rates? Are you going to give uh-huh. it a three? Probably a three. Yeah. Cause I liked it. I didn't love it. I feel like threes are not liked, but I guess they are in the middle. It's you're neutral. I'm more than neutral. I mean, I mean, yes, that's definitely the neutral. I mean, if you're going to do a Likert scale, yes, that's totally neutral, but I, it's better than it was. Okay. Yeah. I will say that's one thing I like about how um, Goodreads does things, you know, that a two is, it was okay. Yeah. You know that you, cause it would drive me bonkers with Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, now that it's just thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh, it is? Yeah. So you don't even oh. get to write. It's just like, do you like it or do you not like it? Oh. They see, I took like away it. our rights to vote. Well, but see, I even hated it. You either, you really liked it, you liked it, or you didn't like it, or you hated it. Right. There was no... Okay. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of things out there that are just, it was okay. Yeah. So this was better than it was okay. And I think even as we talk about it, it makes me like it a smidge more, just kind of processing it. Right. But... I, I think it had some first writer issues as yeah. far as tightening it up. And, you know, and again, maybe once we read the second one, some of what happened in the first one, like, oh, yeah. but I, I don't know. I, there was just a few parts where I was just kind of like, can we get on with it? I think it could have been edited down a smidge. Yeah. Um, or it could have been not so many years. Right. Like three years. Right, yeah, I mean, I... Like, the last three years, so 13 through 16. Mm-hmm. So, like, a little bit of character development. Mm-hmm. And then the last part of the book was kind of like... Mm-hmm. Then this started happening, and oh my goodness, and then it ends, and then it goes into book two of, like, you know, this is the next three years of... Yeah. And I think, there, and just, there was, like, two... I mean, again, I understand why it was there, but, the like, the tortured priest, like, the, yeah. there was too many scenes of his, like... You know. Yeah. What did you think about him? I mean... I mean, because, you know, because when they... Do you think he was a victim of circumstances? Do you think you would have liked him more if he hadn't been pushed into this outer... No. No. (laughs) I think he... There's, like, a... I fully believe that everybody should believe whatever they want, and Mm -hmm. it's not for me to judge Mm -hmm. people's beliefs. Right. But... 
but when if somebody starts to shove things down my throat or anybody's throat, mm-hmm. that's when I get irritated. And that's right. how I viewed this priest is that he was there mm-hmm. to change their way of thinking from mm-hmm. this mythological aspect to mm-hmm. God is great. God is good. And you should only believe in God and nothing else exists. Mm-hmm. And that to me, regardless of where you are is mm-hmm. inappropriate. Like sure. we have free will for a reason. Mm-hmm. We have the, freedom to believe whatever we want to believe but as soon as as quote unquote bible thumpers come mm-hmm. about like mm-hmm. i respect them but i say like i don't appreciate your values being pushed on me just yeah. like my values are not pushed on to you and mm-hmm. he would have done that regardless of where he was true yeah and i mean and i think just i mean which is classic you know just the leading by fear right um if you don't do this you're going to go to hell right um, is never to me an appealing way to guide yeah. folks. But I, I think it was just interesting because, you know, when you think about how the introduction of him was set up in the story, the, uh, oh, I forget the name of the main priest. He had a special name, um, in Moscow. Remember. Anyways, he, you know, he was manipulating. I mean, you know, I think that was partly like, part of it too, is like, there was like this weird little intersection of court politics yeah. that, I get it, but at the same time, it wasn't fully developed, right. and it was just kind of plunked down in the middle of it, yeah. and then left. Yeah. That was part of what I was like. But anyway, so that priest felt threatened by ours, mm-hmm. and he was threatened by him because he was so charismatic and beloved mm-hmm. by people in Moscow. Yeah. And so I, I think that's why I'm Astix. I, I find it interesting because we really didn't get to know him until he got out there. And of course he was scared and resentful and, and so, but they made it seem like he was this very likable character and that's why the other guy was getting rid of him. But then once he got to the forest, he was not particularly likable. So then it's like, was he really likable? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, you know, so was he a victim of where he was put or was that always his personality? And we just didn't get to see it till he became a major character in the story. Well, I think it was, he was probably likable in Moscow where most people probably converted to Christianity or Mm, whatever mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. was back then. And then he was put into a place where Mm -hmm. they're still living the olden ways Mm -hmm. and between his irritation of them not believing in his God and then also being put out there to Mm -hmm. try and most likely quote unquote convert them. Mm which he was able to convert some of them, but not all of them. I mm-hmm. think that is what made him become a bigger asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like not only are these people not giving way to God, but they're mm-hmm. also, he's also been moved right. to this place mm-hmm. where they're a little bit harder to convert. And so that it's mm-hmm. making it harder for him to fulfill his prophecy or whatever the heck it's called his mission. Yeah. Why do you think, Last question. We should probably wrap up. Yikes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is a good book. Yeah. Why do you think that he ultimately traded the stepmother for the daughter? For Vasya? Because he obviously did not really like Vasya. He he had a strange attraction to her. Right. And he felt threatened by her. But then at the end of the day, he took his most devoted, devoted, parishioner right and th- literally threw her to the bear yeah yeah why would he do that maybe my eye is twitching that's how much caffeine i've had today <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe it's because 
what is that like girls like bad boys ah so the opposite <laughs> priests like bad girls yeah like i think that there's like maybe i think because her her personality and her values were so strong and she couldn't be converted mm -hmm. must have um, made it so he liked her a little bit because like maybe respect. Yeah. Like when you hold your values that strongly that regardless of mm -hmm. how many punishments you get or how mm -hmm. many times you get whatever, mm -hmm. there is a sense of respect of like, no matter what I say to you, you're always mm -hmm. going to be a good person or you're always going to believe this or you're always mm -hmm. fill in the blank. Yeah. And so I think because he is similar in that regard of he is so devout in his values that mm. he can be changed that it's mm -hmm. like a mere reflection of, Okay. I respect you because you also yeah. are, huh. regardless of how much I've hit you with something, you're still <laughs> holding true to your core, which right. I think is a respectful thing from anybody, hmm. unless you're Donald Trump, but whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, there went the E. Uh, thanks, Donald the Trump. The E went a long time ago. <laughs> We're just potty mouths. Let's just be real. <laughs> We are not for the faint of heart. No. Sometimes we are. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, I definitely would recommend it to other people. Yeah. Would I put it on my top no. reads of the year? No. But I, I, I definitely want to continue with the series. Yeah. And um, I would definitely be able to positively recommend it to others. And I, with some caveats, I'd say, you know, there's a couple parts that move a little slow, slowed for me, but right. the overall story was fun and interesting. And I think it's a lot... Mm -hmm. I don't think there are a lot of books out there that like go. Yeah, true. Unless they're mm -hmm. psychological thrillers, right? Then it's like you hit the ground running, and you're like, "Oh shit, when am I stopping?" Yeah, or you're reading a horror book yeah. about a guy with a car who uses the car as a vampire on kids. So, mm. yeah, it's great. Big <laughs> creepy. Anyway, anyway. So next time we our are moving theme. our theme. I'm excited about. I know Kiri is not, but whatevs. Um, is <laughs> Books related, fictional books related to cooking and food and kitchens. Yes. And I think up first, which one are we doing first? Do you want the to do the recipe box? So the recipe box by I think it's Viola Viola Davis. Something. Yep. Um, that will be our next one. And Viola Shipman. Shipman. Whoops. Oh, Viola Davis. I think is an actress. <sighs> yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. Viola Shipman. Sorry, Viola. And yeah, that'll be a good time. So get. Get hungry. It's, get hungry. Get hungry. It's going to be nothing but food. Nothing but food. And right. a little bit of love. A little bit of love. A little bit of family relationships. And a little bit of drama. Yeah. There we go. We don't yeah. even have to do it now. We just sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways. Until next time. Until next time. Have a good one. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter.